Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is Kristen. This is Molly. So Molly, have you ever been the target of bullying? Bullying? Um, no, I haven't. And I'll give you my secret for, for how to avoid being a bully. Okay. Whenever I meet someone, I immediately size up whether I could take them in a fight. And then punch them in the face? <laughs> you don't even have to do that, Kristen. All you have to do is like have this look in your eyes that basically like just says to the person, you're not going to mess with me. You know, now that I think about when uh, when you and I met on our first day of employment here at How Stuff Works, maybe, yeah, didn't I give you a little bit of a look? I was a little terrified. Like, don't cross me, Wait, I can snap you. So it sounds like you might be the bully. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. No, no I'm so sweet. <laughs> um, but I do immediately size up people about whether I could take them in a fight or not. And so I think that, you know, I think that's kind of actually not... I mean, we're going to go into like tips to avoid being a bully, mm-hmm. but I think it's not a bad tip. I mean, you should probably try and do it with less violence in your heart. But, um, you know, bullies tend to pick people that they know they can get away with bullying. And if you meet people and just give them a look like, don't cross me, then they might not cross you. Or maybe just demonstrate confidence. That's probably a nice way to put okay. it. <laughs> um, but a lot of times I think we tend to think of the typical stereotypical bully as, you know, the big, big kid, the big boy on the playground. Yeah. The, pushing like, all the little kids down. <laughs> yeah. I was, um, when I was researching bullies for this podcast, Kristen, I found a quote in psychology today that said, um, that a, a typical bully's line is give me the jump rope or I'll kill you. Okay. So I'm just saying that's the kind of like meanness we associate with bullies, like just, Brute force. force. Yeah. I was happy to know that kids were still jump roping. I know. <laughs> but like, yes, brute force on the playground. Like the playground is mine. Mm-hmm. And we think of bullies typically as males. Yeah. In 2008, uh, the Boston Globe 
had a list of the most intimidating pop culture bullies. And girls took up only three of the slots. Three of 15 yeah. went to girls. Now, they did pick some pretty pretty good female bullies. We've got Nellie Olson from Little House on the Prairie. Those blonde curls. Oh, she scared the crap out of me when I was little. I felt so bad for Laura Ingalls. So you got Regina George from Mean Girls. Such yeah. a good bully. Yes. And conservative commentator Ann Coulter. But let's go back. Let's just skip over Ann Coulter and go back yeah. to Regina George let's from Mean Girls. Let's get off on that tangent. Because rarely do we ever think about um, Lindsay Lohan changing our cultural conversation for the better. But I think this movie Mean Girls really did bring to light the the subject, the title of the movie, that girls could be really mean. Yeah, we've got Mean Girls, Frenemy comes to mind. Yes. You know, the kind of backstabbing teenage girl motif. And uh, the thing is, it it isn't that far from uh, reality. Well, that's because it was based on a nonfiction book written by Rosalind Wiseman, uh, Queen Bees and Wannabes Helping Your Daughter Survive Clicks, Gossip, boyfriends, and other realities of adolescence. So what you might have chalked up to is just teen, writer Tina Fey's crazy imagination and bringing Mean Girls to the screen was probably based on a real teenager. There was this New York Times article where um, the the writer of the article went to the high school and met the girl who basically laid out rules for her, her posse in terms of what they wore each day, much mm-hmm. like Regina George did in the movie. Monday was Black Pants or Skirt. And we do have some research to back up this gender equality among bullying, if you will, if that's a good thing. Uh, we've got Finnish researcher Kaj Bjorkvistik. Sounds good. Bjork. Uh, <laughs> he found that girls are no less aggressive than boys, but the girls just bully a little bit differently, whereas boys will tend to inflict more physical aggression, such as the playground fighting threats over jump ropes. Girls play subtle mind games. Yeah, this is, I don't know if this is something to be proud of. Uh, the article kind of frames it in terms of this higher emotional intelligence that girls have, that they actually know like how to wound their enemy a little bit better. Yeah, well, while boys might crush your face, girls will merely crush your soul. Yeah, and which one, which one lasts longer? The uh, soul. The soul. The soul cannot be healed by a mean girl. But uh, I thought this was interesting. Until the age of four, um, kids will show the same types of aggression and bullying. But we had a little study from Brigham Young University that found that after age four, girls start learning how to do this psychological manipulation. Such a young age. I know. You can't. They haven't even been to kindergarten yet. And they're learning how to tell secrets about other kids so that those kids don't like the, the girl that they don't like. And even thinking back to kindergarten, Molly, I can remember a couple of specific girls who, you know, it's, even at such a young age, were a little, a little bullying. They were playing games with Yeah, their kind hearts. of mind game stuff. You know, they never, like, pushed me down because well, I was the tallest kid in my class always. But And you had that look in your eyes. And I had the, the fierce look in my eyes, the conger gaze. <laughs> uh, but no, they, you know, even then, girls were... Vicious. But see, the thing is, is I, I, I think in some ways girls are, you know, I don't want to, to bash males, but you know, they almost have this intelligence to say, no one can really catch me if I'm just playing mind games. Yeah, you can't see. How can you the prove soul crushing in action? How can you prove a mind game? Um, whereas, you know, if you, if a boy punches another boy, 
someone's going to get caught. Right. Probably. If anyone's paying attention, which they should be. And there's even a different term to denote this specific type of adolescent girl to girl, girl on girl <laughs> bullying. Uh, and they, they call it relational aggression. Yes. And that's because, you know, the playground bully who's male, he may just go after a weak kid. He doesn't mm-hmm. know him, you know, doesn't care about him that much. Relational implies that these girls go after their closest friends. Yeah, because you lure them in, you find out all their secrets, you know, you have the slumber party where everyone tells their most embarrassing story. And then lo and behold, somehow your crush finds out about your most embarrassing story because... The mean girl. Because girls deal in that currency mm-hmm. of, you know, secrets. Secrets and lies. Like, at the slumber party, you know, you can just see some girls, like, minds, the wheels turning, like, ooh, this is juicy. Well, it's like that awful game, uh, which I thankfully never was a part of, um, where you would <laughs> secretly, like, bring a girl into the, you know, the bedroom. You'd, like, have her hide somewhere. You'd, like, bring the rest of the group in, not knowing that she was hiding. Then, like... Like, okay, so what about Stacy? Man, <laughs> she's a real loser. See, Stacy would be in the closet crying, listening to all this. And with my friends, we never actually even hid. We thought we were such good friends that it'd be okay just to go around in a circle and tell everyone one thing we didn't like about each other. Oh, the reverse compliment game. Girls never do this. Yeah, do yeah. Ne- never. You think it'll bring you closer, but it won't. Mm-hmm. No, I've been. We've. I've come close to playing that game. Um, at certain times and I just, you know, I don't want to hear it. Just tell me, tell me how much you like me. (laughs) Build me up. Well, they're trying to improve you. But see, that's the thing is I think this is another form of kind of the mind game where, you know, girls will learn exactly how they can, how they can stab you in your heart. Mm -hmm. But one thing that boy and girl bullies share is kind of the reason why they're bullying. Both Mm -hmm. of them, both will do it in order to gain some kind of social status. But one thing that boy and girl bullies have in common is the reason why they are being so aggressive, and that's to gain social status. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing is that while boy bullies will tend to be lower on the social hierarchy, girl bullies tend to be among the most popular. Right. Regina George. Yes. You've got to remain the queen of your clique, and you do that by exiling any threat. So in the movie, when Lindsay Lohan moves to town and everyone starts to like her and think, oh, she's so fun, Mm -hmm. then Regina George had to throw her out. Yeah. To diss her behind her back. And they play games. They're all little pawns in Regina George's world. We are giving girls such a bad name right now. (laughs) But that's the thing is I think that, you know, when you're friends with a group of girls... And this sort of stuff goes on where, you know, they're kind of a little bit, you know, they're putting down your clothing. They're not inviting you to every single event they do. Mm -hmm. You don't tend to think that it's bullying. You tend to think that's just the way girls behave. But the fact of the matter is it is bullying. Girls can be just as bad a bully as the guy who says, give me your jump rope or I'll kill you. Psychology today. (laughs) And of course, it's not, you know, it's not all girls. You know, there's one. Uh, you, you pointed out in the, the article that you actually wrote for this about on uh, how stuff works that, you know, parents really should remind daughters that, you know, your friends aren't going to be manipulative and mean to you. Yeah. You know? It's hard to remember, I think, when you're in middle school and high school and all you, you know, if you're at a new school, all you want is to be accepted just and want to be liked to have someone to go to the mall t- with. But I mean, if the person you go to the mall with is constantly saying, Eh, you're a little fat for that, or, yeah. you know, that's really ugly. 
Are you really going to buy that? You did that voice a little too well, Kristen. Are you the bully of the homeschool? I bullied my classmates <laughs> so much. You arranged some stuffed animals around in, in and are just backyard. like, I you're hate like, hey, you Winnie all. the Pooh, <laughs> give me your lunch money. Uh, yeah. Um, but you've got to remind girls that that is not appropriate friend behavior. I mean, as silly as it sounds, your friends will not tear you down in the, in the hopes of improving you the way a backwards compliment circle hopes to do. But the thing is, we might associate all this mean girl stuff with high school, mm-hmm. middle school. You know, all this like backstabbing does sound like very, uh, very juvenile. However, Follows you into the workplace. It really does. Yes. And, uh, in fact, you know, when you first start Googling bullying, all you find is this woman on woman bullying in the workplace. And I think they give it that sort of salacious title mm-hmm. to kind of draw you in, like, yeah. Oh, you're going to see women jello wrestling or something, but, <laughs> um, that's what they call it. Wow. Women on women. All right. Um, but this phenomenon comes to us from the Workplace Bullying Institute. Uh, they released a survey in 2007 that showed that 37% of U.S. workers have been bullied on the job. And this doesn't mean that, like, you know, the office bully corners you by the Coke machine and is like, give me your lunch money. It's mm-hmm. more like you may not get invited to a meeting you really should have been sitting in on. Or, like, whenever you say something in a meeting, like, you glare at the person. Mm-hmm. You roll their eyes at your eyes at whatever they say. Snide email responses. Yeah. Just kind of being overlooked in general. And uh, this survey did find that males in the office tend to bully more than females, um, uh, specifically 60% of the the bullies in the survey were male. But the aspect of this survey that uh, reporters really honed in on was the fact that females, while males in the workplace will go bully both males and females, Mm -hmm. women in the workplace tend to, 70% of the time, tend to go after other women. Right. That's staggering. Yeah. I mean, the percentages of you and I getting along are stacked against us. I know. So why is this, Kristen? Now, the thing that's kind of sticky is now we're going to have to get into some of the worst gender stereotypes. And I think that's why people don't really know how to talk about this is because it basically involves saying, you know, we think that girls are sweet and nice and nurturing and all these things that we associate as typical female behaviors. And bullying just goes against all of those. So it's very hard to phrase it in a way that doesn't seem, you know, kind of offensive to modern ears. Mm-hmm. Okay. First thing that sounds a little, a little screwy to our, to our enlightened selves is that perhaps these women pick other women because they know that women won't fight back. Mm-hmm. They learned that lesson in high school where they got a lot, they got away with being a mean girl. And they know that, you know, the woman in the workplace is, is not going to fight back. And maybe it's easier to, as a woman, maybe it's easier to bully other women instead of other men because, you know, going back to all those studies that show that these even young girl bullies, you know, have this kind of way to, we can get inside each other's heads and mm-hmm. know what gets to each other. I mean, I doubt that you can, uh, you know, the kind of the more emotional bullying that women tend to do to other women would have the same effect on a guy. You know, if you like spread gossip about him, then he's just going to be probably going to thrive on it. Right. Probably right. glad someone's talking about him. <laughs> um, and speaking of women who get, you know, get into each other's head, we know that women are kind of sensitive to criticism. Mm-hmm. So maybe this kind of works both ways. Maybe, um, you know, you become a bully because someone criticized your work and you're like, Oh, I hate 
being criticized, but maybe it's not, maybe these women aren't even bullying so much as trying to offer criticism and the women take it the wrong way. Right. Because this also might go back to, um, different studies that we've talked about, about the perceptions, differences in perception between women in positions of authority and men in positions of authority. So maybe the results from the survey from the Workplace Bullying Institute are kind of skewed because certain studies have shown that women in positions of power are perceived as more hostile than men in the same position. You know, I think you're completely right, Kristen, because when I was reading a lot of commentary about these results, you know, people were saying these women are, you know, darned if they do and darned if they don't, if they take on sort of... Uh, the typical women, you know, identified roles of being nurturing and being sort of soft, then they're perceived as, you know, you can walk all over them in the workplace. Right. They're going to lose that way. If they take on the more male-identified aggressive role of being, you know, a, a leader with an iron fist, then they're going to be thought of as, you know, too manly and too, you know, hostile. A word that rhymes with which that you can <laughs> probably be thinking of right now. They really have no leadership style that's going to win them kudos. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yet, (laughs) yet. And research has, has pointed to this sort of, to this challenging place that women in authority in the workplace have to navigate as perhaps one reason why they might bully other women. Because, you know, right now, uh, while we do have more women than ever before in, you know, CEO, C level, uh, positions, it's still, you know, not as common for, for a woman be able to, to be able to climb the ladder. And perhaps, you know, women at the top might feel a little more threatened mm-hmm. by other go-getters. Yeah. It's very much uncharted territory. And so I could, I could understand being, a, you know, the only woman who has a position of leadership in a company. And you're like, well, I don't necessarily want to help all these women who might be coming up to replace me because I just got this job and no one helped me get it. So why do I need to be nice to them? Um, you know, I think that those are, they, like, again, it sounds awful to modern ears. So we wouldn't all just be like, you know, helping each other. Yeah. But then again, males aren't necessarily helping each other, you no. know, jump up to vice president. But I do think also that, um, let's say you are the only woman in a position of power and you're surrounded by all these males. I'm thinking that you're probably going to be feeling a little bit worried, maybe a little bit not up to the task. And there's a pretty interesting study that shows that that might be a reason why people bully each other. Right. This pair of researchers at the University of Southern California in Los Angeles and from the University of California in Berkeley found that this combination of being really empowered in the workplace and yet also feeling somewhat insecure about having that power, being in that position of leadership, equaled more bullying. I know. This is really interesting. They had these volunteers think about times in which they had power but felt incompetent, like like Kristen was saying, and they had to figure out how they were going to... Um, I guess negatively in- reinforce or punish these these people who are taking like a reading test, I guess a comprehension mm-hmm. test, and you know the researchers were like, you can pick a, a, a buzz that they'll hear, and it'll be anywhere from you know uh, ten decibels to one hundred and thirty decibels, which is just deafening. Mm-hmm. So they asked the people who felt most incompetent but also had these positions of power what the punishment should be, and they would pick these wildly loud punishments, like 71 decibels on average, Mm -hmm. whereas everyone else was picking very quiet punishments. You know, they didn't want to hurt others, and they were more benevolent in their power, or they didn't have any power and thus didn't really enforce any. But the way that the researchers got those kind of incompetent yet empowered uh, participants to lower the volume without, Mm -hmm. you know, just asking them, 
little bit of flattery. Once they started to compliment their leadership style, kind of reinforce, you know, their, uh, their competence. They got, the volume levels fine. went down. Yeah. Which is a valid tip because, you know, most bullies, according to the Workplace Bullying Institute, are going to be your boss, mm-hmm. male or female. Mm-hmm. It's just if you happen to have a female boss, then maybe you'll notice the bullying a little bit more. But yeah. But I think that, you know, if we do have a woman who doesn't feel empowered or secure in her job, then maybe she would be tending to pick loud punishments, according to this study, just to reinforce, hey, I'm in charge. Yeah. So if you are an underling, should we just flatter our way into the boss's good graces? Apparently. Apparently. Yeah. Because the other tips that the Workplace Bullying Institute offers for dealing with workplace bullies, we, Krista and I, have deemed somewhat unhelpful. Yeah, it would kind of all seem like it would lead to you probably losing your job. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, it's not like a workplace bully makes work a fun place to go. I think you tend to be looking for a way out anyway. But um, these tips they give you are things like, you know, go to the doctor to make sure your personal health is okay. And yes, bullies can be a threat to Good your personal idea. health. Stress-related diseases. But then you're supposed to go to your boss and say, hey... This person's got to be fired because, you know, they're cutting your productivity. And I think that, you know, if you went to most bosses with these sort of wimpy lines, like you have an employer responsibility to take care of this person that's being mean to me, I think you'd be laughed at. Yeah. And in this economy, I don't know if a lot of people would put themselves out in the line to say, oh, I can't get along with this person. Sure. And well, I mean, it does seem like these tips are for really extreme bullying. Like it refers to psychological harassment, psychological violence and emotional Abuse And perhaps in those extreme situations, you might have some more leverage. But if you feel like you are just the target of repeated snarky emails and mean looks, you can't go complain that, you know, hey, sorry, Linda is really looking at me in the wrong way. (laughs) You know, they're going to tell you to, you know, grow up. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I do think that while I don't know, I, I can't see going to my boss and saying, hey, this person's being mean to me because it, it mean, sounds like what you're not supposed to do. I do think it's He's going to tell you to call the wambulance, Molly. <laughs> um, but I do think it's good to put a name on it. I think it's good not to think, oh, I have a difficult coworker. I think it's good to say like, hey, I'm being bullied because mm-hmm. that will sort of empower you yeah. to maybe find workarounds. And demonstrate that self-confidence. Yeah. Say, you I know mean, what? I'm a competent worker and you are bullying me for no reason. And, you know, hindering me from getting my job done. Right. Like we said, like we said at the beginning, bullies will go after people who they don't think are going to fight back. And maybe just by demonstrating a little bit of a willingness to fight back, you can start to nip things in the bud. Yeah. Get CC'd on the emails you're supposed to get CC'd on. But what about what I would consider to be the really the hardest type of bullying to deal with, which is that relational aggression that really starts to happen a lot in adolescence. I mean, there's so much going on. You know, there's not an HR rep that you can go to in middle school or high school. I mean, I guess school counselors. I think school counselors are a good place to start because a lot of these um, tips for more high school, middle school people, um, you you really have to. It's all about the environment Mm -hmm. that you're in. And so that's why going to your boss is sort of I mean, it, it sounds unrealistic to us, but, you know, maybe your boss is creating a workforce in which aggression is valued. And maybe you have to go to a bus and say, hey, you're cultivating a really unhealthy environment here. Same with a school counselor. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, let's say, it, you know, it all happens 
online, like cyberbullying is a really big thing right now. Right. You've got to bring it to the counselor's attention so that someone in authority can step in and say, this is not acceptable behavior. Yeah. 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 There have been countless um, cases that have been coming up over the past couple of years about, you know, girls getting, you know, just reamed on Facebook, sending out pictures they shouldn't. And then those pictures getting broadcast to all of their classmates my favorite and slash least favorite buzzword of uh, 2009, a lot of sexting mm-hmm. going on and then those sex <laughs> being forwarded. And I'm kind of making a joke out of it, but it's not a joke at all. No, um, or you think about um, Back to Mean Girls. They had that book. The uh, burn book. The burn book. But now a lot of girls keep their burn books online. Yeah. And you can read all about how much everyone hates you on the Internet. Mm-hmm. And the Internet is relentless. <sighs> I can say that as someone who works on it. So the National Association for School Psychologists uh, recommends, you know, for parents, recommends encouraging your teen to get involved in really solid friendships and social groups. Maybe uh, there's some kind of athletic team or youth group or some kind of an organization to where, you know, Maybe the teen doesn't feel quite so alone. Like they have a network of people to rely on. Yeah. So you have more than one group of friends. You know, if one group is being too catty for the day, then you go work on your school newspaper and you build your self-esteem in other ways than through a girl who's going to put you down. Mm -hmm. And they do have studies that show that girls, you know, that have some sense of pride in either their schoolwork or athletics or extracurricular activities are less prone to, um, you know, completely hate themselves because their friends are evil. Yeah. And I and, think, and don't have evil friends. Yeah. And I think that I kind of, uh, I, that helped me a lot in high school. I had sort of a, you know, just sort of smattering of different kind of groups to, to bounce around to. And, uh, thinking about it now, it probably, you know, did, did help with those situations. Cause there would be weeks, you know, sometimes you just don't get along as well with, with certain people and you mm-hmm. need a little bit of a break. Yeah. You should never, I think this is a good motto for life. Never put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Don't have all your friends in one click. Diversify. Diversify your stock portfolio. And uh, in the more extreme cases, of course, um, counseling can be helpful. And even just, you know, journaling some stuff out, just getting, don't bottle up those, you know, feelings of, uh, of being bullied. Right. You know, a lot of these these tip sheets say just to tell someone, talk to an adult about it, because while you really don't want your parents going into the school and solving all your problems for you, because that can get embarrassing, they can help you problem solve. You know, you can just say, let's bounce around some ideas about how to deal with this. Now, that's one of those things that kind of seems easy to say, like, you know, stand tall, be brave, don't let Mm -hmm. anyone push you around, Um, you know, build up that self-confidence. These are things that are really easy to say. Make new friends. (laughs) Yeah, because that's really easy to do, Kristen. I mean, that's just one of the great challenges of life that we're just throwing out at people right now. Psych. (laughs) Not too hard to do at all. So what do you guys do when you get bullied? Because I think that it's very easy to read all these tips, but we need real real life experience. Yeah, and I'm also interested to hear... people who have from people who have been able to deal with successfully deal with workplace bullies because Kristen has a problem very curious about this (laughs) and I'm looking at it right now (laughs) yeah I usually am bullying Kristen in regards to the podcast Uh, so yeah send us an email momstuff at howstuffworks.com and in the meantime Molly let's read some listener mail 
So our first email today is from Daniela, and she writes in response to the podcast, does, does birth order determine your personality? She writes, I have the typical middle child syndrome. I felt alone a lot when I was growing up because my older sister and younger brother always left me out of their games and just rejected me. I learned to just ignore it sometimes, but it really hurt every time they turned me away. I was really shy with others when I was living at home before college, and I think I narrowed it down to because I was scared of rejection that I always felt with my siblings. Now that I've come out of my shell, the more time I spent away from home. I have always wondered if I would have been different and less shy if I was not the middle child. Also, my parents always listened more to my older sister and gave in to what my little brother wanted instead of what I wanted. Whenever I rant about them to my boyfriend, I just sound like the typical middle child and this podcast just fits. I just wanted to share my story and give love to all the middle children out there. Aww. So love to middle children who got dumped on a little bit in that podcast. (laughs) All right. Well, I've got one here from Lily uh, about our... Uh, fun podcast on placentas. Yes. Uh, she says, Traditionally, I have spent my summers with my mother's family in Taiwan, where we visit hundreds of extended family members. On one of these trips, we met my mother's cousin, who turned her daughter's placenta into an official stamp. In Taiwan, instead of a signature, a stamp is used on official documents. Each stamp is marked with one's name, a special crest, symbol, or insignia. The handle of the stamp is usually wood or marble, but my mother's cousin had sent her daughter's placenta to be encased in plastic and sent it to be made into the handle of her daughter's stamp. Uh, While this placenta stamp isn't as interesting as placenta teddy bears, although I don't know about that, Lily, uh, it's another eccentric use for placenta. I'd love a placenta stamp. Placenta stamp. Oh, Molly, there you go. Can you just imagine, like, being at the bank and be like, oh, okay, I'll sign this placenta. Placenta stamp. So pretty interesting stuff, guys. If you have anything to comment on any of our podcasts, again, the email address is momstuff at howstuffworks.com. We also are busy bees during the week blogging away at how-to stuff, which is at howstuffworks.com, as is the article, Are Male Bullies and Female Bullies Different? Written by Molly. Written by me. I didn't want to say it in case didn't want to didn't want to brag. Didn't want to seem like a bully, a big bully. Um, but to read more from me and other bullies, you can of course go to howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Want more howstuffworks? Check out our blogs on the howstuffworks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions.